and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final hour of the show, live from the Akchin Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke. And yesterday's game, Wolf, you, you brought up earlier, is the sort of game where it, it feels like the Suns changed as a team. You know, we were talking about this actually on Friday. I was talking about this with uh, was Shane Doan. And Donor. it felt like the last couple years, the Suns, you know, everybody loved that team, right? Last year and the year before, what a fun team. Fun-loving team, which constantly ripping each other. Just a fun team. Speaking of love, what up, Donor? <laughs> this, uh, I think, I don't know who he picked in Kevin or Devin for. Oh, oh we well, check that Shane, out. He, we, we all get beat up sometimes. I, he might have been right. So, oh, I, okay. I, yeah. Okay. Um, I you're just trying to drag him down because you picked wrong one of those days. I think you <laughs> right. picked wrong both of the exactly. days, actually. Get in line, Donor. <laughs> uh, it feels like this version of the team is like the grown-up version of the Suns, right? Yes. They went out into the world, they were all happy and innocent, and then last year's playoffs just sucked. And here they are, <laughs> back the next year, and they were miserable, and they couldn't beat Dallas, and they traded for Kevin Durant, and it just seems like all business. DA looks like all business right now. Everybody looks like they know what the, the job is, they look, they're on a mission, and we're finally seeing the actual team out there, not a bunch of guys that are hurt that might be out there. I don't know. I wonder if you were, if you're a Suns fan that was hesitant to give up Mikel, and I'm still getting them in my in my Twitter feed. People be like, "Oh, the Suns are going to regret this trade." I get it, man. Mikel's great, and he's great in getting better. But hasn't your expectations for this team haven't they they changed considerably over the last month? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think they have. And once again, watching this, it, it turned me into fanboy based on it. I'm sorry. It just, I can see the impact that Kevin Durant is having. And I'm not talking the tangible. I'm talking about the intangibles. Especially, you brought up DeAndre Ayton. Especially on D.A. Listen, D.A. didn't score a ton in this game by any stretch of the imagination. But I thought he impacted the game more than I've ever seen it him impact a game where he only scored nine points. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. to me, just watching him go about his business, you hear me say this all the time. The how. It's not the what. It's the how. He fought down low. If you watch him now without the ball, he's moving so much better without the ball. He fought for position down low. He followed players to the hoop. Watch him now. He'll actually do it. He backed um he he backed up um a couple of plays defensively as well. Did a great job on the defensive end of the floor, just eating up space. Big tip in late too. Big tip in late. Um and he hacked he hacked a dude. <laughs> and he hacked him good. He didn't uh, I realize he had five fouls and you don't want him to get into foul trouble, but I love the aggressiveness of DeAndre Ayton and the fact that he hacked the brother. Got teed up late. That wasn't maybe the best thing, but every time DA gets 
a technical foul. I just think to myself, like, that's kind of what everybody wanted, right? <laughs> like, everybody wanted to see him get mad. I thought you're, you're spot on because in years past, if, if DA went out there and put up nine points, we'd all be like, what's going on with DA? Like, why, how he can't dominate Dallas? I am past the point in my life where I'm going to question why DA can't dominate Dallas. But the bottom line is he doesn't have to dominate on this team. He really just has to do what he did yesterday. You'd like to see a little more offense from him in the second and third quarters. But he was big early in the game. He was he came up with a couple clutch plays late in the game and the sixteen rebounds. Just just, yes. just be dominant on the glass and keep getting either either put it back in yourself or if it's not there, just throw it out to Kevin Durant or or Devin Booker or Chris Paul. He'll give it to one of those two guys. Yeah, but it, you know it wasn't like he was four of thirteen from the floor. No, he was efficient. Four He's of six. Four of six. He only took six shots in the game. I think I think they probably would like DA to get more than six shots. Oh, in I'm a sure. Game. I'm I'm sure they would probably like that, but again, it wasn't it wasn't like he had a bad game yet. I thought he played so well. He 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 was physical, and if he can keep that kind of physicality and, and intensity going forward, it's going to help this team in a huge way. It's one of the reasons why I I look at this team and I'm I'm in the danger zone when it comes to the Phoenix Suns because this is a talented team. And if you tell me DA is going to boom, oh wow, hey KD, ain't that something we got KD? Ain't that something, right? All of a sudden you're out there going, you know what, I'm gonna be ready to play and do my job. And my job is to be physical and bring that intensity night in and night out. Man, if he does that, look out. The the question of whether or not your expectations have changed, uh, for me at least they haven't, and maybe that's because it's only three games, although I think yesterday's game was was a huge checkpoint. But the reason they haven't changed is this is what Kevin Durant has done his entire career. It's not like you brought in some guy that's a really good defender and, oh, he put up 37 points yesterday. Well, he's not going to do that again. Man, KD could do that every night. He really, and, and he has done it a lot in his career. But every night, maybe it's not there. Maybe Devin Booker's going to be the one to put up 37. He put it up in the first game. This hasn't changed my expectations, but you can hear that it's changing them nationally. Here's Jalen Rose. Have the Suns ever won a championship in the history no. of their franchise? No. Will Kevin Durant bring them one? That's a great question. Well, if he great does, then it was worth it. You know what? <laughs> KD will deliver a championship in Phoenix. And then it was worth it. So that means it's worth it. I believe I think we won. Oh, okay. All right, I don't well, know what done. they were doing right there, but they were a, talking over each other. That was a producer question. <laughs> well, KD, bring him a championship to answer the question. I demand it. Well, he did, and he answered positively. Yes. Uh, win lower-level tickets to see KD's first home game as a son. Just text KD to 620-620. Enter for your chance to win lower-level tickets. The Suns play the Thunder this Wednesday. You'll also get two Kevin Durant jerseys. That's KD to 620-620 when we come back. How should the Cardinals approach this rebuild under the new regime? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, there's a story up on Arizona Sports. 
Sports.com. There's a lot of stories up on Arizona Sports.com. You should go there and read yeah. all of them. Uh, but there is one in particular up before we even did the show today, Wolf, about how Rodney Hudson is uh, is likely retiring. Then there's this tweet from Ian Rappaport within the last 45 minutes. It says the Cardinals are expected to move on from center Rodney Hudson and wide receiver Chosen Anderson, sources say. Hudson had previously reduced his salary to $2 million, which often indicates a retirement. He'll decide his future soon. Meanwhile, Anderson's release saves $12 million against the cap. So first of all, the Anderson thing, that was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know what he could have done, honestly, over the last few games. And, and he obviously didn't have real good numbers with the uh, Cardinals. But even if he did have good numbers, he saved $12 million against the cap when you're trying to rebuild. That was always going to happen. I don't think that's yeah. a shock to anybody, including him. And then the Rodney Hudson thing, just the wording that, that Ian Rappaport put in there, it seems like even if he doesn't retire, it sounds like he's going to retire, but it sounds like even if he doesn't retire, the Cardinals are moving on. Yeah, you know, first of all, with Robbie Anderson, also known as Chosen Anderson right now, um, it just it was a situation where I was so excited that they actually were able to bring him in from an analyst perspective because of what he would do for the rest of everybody else. It wasn't that I thought Robbie Anderson was going to come in here and suddenly lead the National Football League in in receptions downfield of 20 yards or more. <laughs> I didn't think that, but I I thought because of the threat, this was a big receiver that could run. It would open up a lot underneath. And also, remember, Kyler Murray and the situation with Kyler Murray not being able to throw the ball down the field, especially when Hollywood Brown went down. When he went down, now all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, the Cardinals have no vertical game down the field. It was one of the reasons why they were able to get Robbie Anderson, but he never had the impact that I thought he might have. It was the very next day, right? When Hollywood Brown got hurt in the Seahawks game, I remember doing the show out from Cardinals headquarters. That was a Monday morning. It was early in the show. It was breaking news that they had signed or traded for Robbie Hudson. (laughs) Robbie Anderson. Yeah, right. Keep changing their names. Well, makes Robbie it and the Anderson and the Rodney Hudson. I get it. It was Robbie Anderson at the time. <laughs> it is now chosen Anderson. But either way, chosen. it is not of the Arizona Cardinals. So the bigger picture now, neither one of those moves is a shock to anybody. Um, and it's a different regime, and you're in a different spot now because you are trying to rebuild. And I don't think the Cardinals expected to be in that situation going into last season. The way things have worked out with some of these vets, and honestly, just where you are, aren't you going into this offseason like you're not? You're not going after one or two guys in free agency. You're looking for you're you're spreading the money out pretty evenly, I would think, in free agency. Because there's not one like star free agent that's going to save you. No, there isn't. You're not going to go for a big name free agent. I, I just don't see that happening at all. Why? Why would you do that? You've got a full-on rebuild going on the line of scrimmage. And when I say that, I'm talking about the line of scrimmage in particular. you got to rebuild the offensive line. you got to rebuild that defensive line as well. So you need pros. You need guys that aren't going to get you beat. Um, maybe not guys that are going to go to the Pro Bowl, but you need guys that are going to show up and give you quality, quality reps and quality starts. And not get your quarterback killed on the offensive line. Would you say that would be important right there? That's going to be super important going forward. As a matter of fact, when you talk about free agency, 
For Monty Ossenfort, that's job one. You got to rebuild this offensive line. That is job one in terms of free agents. Job one, and the legal tampering period begins a week from today. So job one, and it's urgent, by the way. Like, you got to get on this quickly if you're Monty Austinfort. With the way you're describing the approach to, to this rebuild through free agency, I mean, you when you rebuild, a lot of times you're rebuilding through the draft, big picture. But we're going to learn a lot about Monty Austinfort's vision for this team. I know he's said a lot, but we're going to see it in action now starting next week because – if they do what you're saying they would likely do, and I and I agree with you, it's probably the best way to go about it, a lot of those guys that you're going to target aren't going to be the guys all these other teams are targeting. Right. You know, not, Other teams may want them, but they're not going to be their first priority in like the legal tampering period. Yes, exactly. Um, Calvin Beecham. Can I just say Calvin Beecham? This guy, I, I have so much respect. I have love in my heart for the guy. Though I really don't know him, I, I know him. Hey, Calvin, how you doing, Beach? What's up? I, I know him that way. But um, because of watching him play the game and just listening to him, the intellect that he brings to the field, of course, on and off the field, the intelligence, I love Calvin Beecham, the leadership that he is, and yet he is a dog. (laughs) He is a dog. And he's a guy, I'm not saying he's the best right tackle in the league. I'm not saying he's a perennial pro bowler. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer. What I am saying is he is a pro's pro. And the respect that I have for him cannot be measured with human heads. Because he goes about his business and plays the game the right way. And that's a guy that you got to bring back. I know you're going to have to pay him a little bit more. There's no doubt. There's going to be some other teams that will be interested. Maybe not the first wave of free agency. Maybe not even the second wave of free agency. But, man, when you talk about protecting Kyler Murray, that is job one for Monty Ossenfort. And that means you got to go out and get guys like Calvin Beecham who play the game the right way. The list of uh, free agents, you sent it in an email last week. Um, the three that really stand out that you, for me, that I would want to bring back. Kelvin Beecham's on there for sure. Yeah. Byron Murphy. I, I, Byron Murphy. I, I would, <laughs> I'd want to bring him back just for that reason right there. I really like the way he was playing at the start of last season. I understand a back injury is not something to mess with. And if they have information that it's more concerning than we realize, then that's going to impact things, I'm sure. Maybe you can get him also at a little bit of a discount compared to what you normally would have got. I, I don't know. But all of all the semantics aside, I'd like Calvin Beecham back. I'd like Byron Murphy back. And you need Zach Allen back. Zach Allen. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Oh, right you now. weren't here on Friday with the NFL.com story. We'll what finish you what you're going to say. No, Zach Allen, for me, um, that would be priority one. If you had to pick a priority, that would be priority one for the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball, for me, it is. It's Calvin Beecham. Well, there's you not, got to, you you're got talking DJ about guys to keep. Back. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think it's clearly those two guys. And. I like Beach, but Zach Allen's the priority overall. Yeah, I, I I know. When I hear you say that, I think, well, of course it is. What are you talking about? He's number 14, according to Greg Rosenthal. Um, <laughs> you run everything through the Greg Rosenthal I, I, filter? No, I'm just saying, honestly, <laughs> for me, you got to protect Kyla Murray. That's job one. It is job one. You can't put an offensive line in front of Kyla Murray going into next season. 
especially when he's coming back, I don't know, mid-September or maybe October. I don't buy the mid-November. Don't give me that. Okay, don't. I know you were thinking it, Luke. Before or after Halloween? (laughs) Before. Okay. Before Halloween. Don't give me that stuff. You got to protect Kyler Murray when he comes back. That that's job one. The story on NFL.com on Friday when when uh, Steve was in here for you was um, it was it, they were basically free agent matchmaker. So they went through each team and put a new player that's available in free agency who would make the most sense, right? Yeah. So the three teams that stood out were James Bradbury, is who the Cardinals went out and got. Oh, okay. And so that obviously freed up Byron Murphy, who they had the Lions scooping up. Byron Murphy. They had Zach Allen going to a different team. Yeah. Just go ahead and give me, like, a top of your head who, like, the worst team would be for him to go to. Um, oh, the word, the Seahawks? Well, that would be, that'd be 1B. <laughs> Who's 1A? They had him going to San Francisco. Oh, no! <laughs> See, it's not even laughter no! at that point. <laughs> you dirtbag John Lynch. <laughs> Oh, my so goodness. Can't let no that way. happen. No way can that happen. And you know what? He's going to get offered something. See, yeah. this is the thing that is really dicey. I mean, it's possible all three of these guys aren't Cardinals. It's That's very possible. <laughs> no. It's possible. Three, well, yeah, okay, yeah, it is possible. <laughs> okay, Luke. <laughs> it's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, right, Kevin exactly. Garnett taught us that years ago. <laughs> Yes, uh, anything's possible. Remember, I, I laughed at Maloney for bringing up the Kevin Durant yeah. scenario. Yeah, he did. That's so <laughs> funny, Mal. <laughs> and look where it got us. All right, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Who was the best superstar on the floor yesterday when the Suns took on the Mavericks? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke Middays, yeah. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Baby, I took a half and she took the whole thing and slowed down. Baby, we took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did he be at? I woke back to the show. 137 points from the four main players on the floor yesterday. Kyrie, Luca, KD, Book. 137 points. Really incredible when you think about it. What a display that was of superstardom, for lack of a better way of saying it. Irving scored 30. Doncic scored 34. Booker, 36. And KD, 37. On the fewest amount of shots, I might add. He had less shots than Josh Akogi for a good chunk of the game. <laughs> and then he was like, all right, I got to hit four in a row here so we win the game. I just, I'm done playing around. Uh, look, that was, that was everything the NBA wants in a best of seven series, right? I don't think the NBA is going to be heartbroken if they get Suns, Mavs in a best of seven at some point. It was already one of, if, if not the best rivalries currently in basketball. And then you added Kevin Durant and Kyrie to right, the mix. Right, and what I loved about it, too, Irving and Doncic, of course, they combined for 64, and Katie and Book combined for 73 points. 
And the third quarter was legendary. It was just fantastic. There were 70 points scored in the quarter. 70 points. And 55 of the 70 points scored in that quarter were from Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, and KD. Those four guys combined. It was a legendary third quarter. It just was so cool to see that much talent on the floor together competing against each other. Very cool. And the dynamic, of course, of Devin Booker and Luka Doncic and their history, recent though it may be, um, starting to heat up even more after yesterday's game. And then you've got Kyrie and KD. And the whispers going on behind that in Brooklyn. I didn't yeah, even need that. Yeah, no. The, man. Aaron just pointed this out, too. Devin Booker was just named Western Conference Player of the Week. Seventh time in his career tying Steve Nash for most in franchise history. That's a pretty good first week with Kevin Durant. Just go out there and win you know, Western Conference Player of the yeah, Week. Yeah, not bad. End the week wrapping up with a win over Dallas and getting in Luka's face. I guess so technically yesterday right is the now? start of the new well, week. You were the one who actually said Devin was going to be the guy that benefited the most, right? From I don't know. I feel, like, do I feel like we question. all... You were like him hawing, and then you said Devin Bucker well, or something like that. I feel like I've said like three different names. <laughs> I know I didn't say it like Devin Bucker. Like, <laughs> you I didn't said say it, like yes, that. you no. did a little bit. The Booker makes the most sense on the surface because you can't cover him if you're covering Kevin Durant. So that's the easiest answer. You can't cover both of them. You really can't. Yeah. And we're seeing that. They put I, up 188 points in their first three games. Yeah, they did. And for the record, too, basically, I, I think I said DeAndre Ayton. I, I, I thought D.A. was going to be the guy that would benefit them. And most. I think he has benefited quite a bit. He, he just based on yesterday's game as well, uh, nine points scored. He only took six shots. Yeah, you'd like to see D.A. contribute a little bit more in terms of the scoreboard. But my goodness, anyone who watched that game, he had what? What was it? 14 boards? 16. 16 boards, yes. He had 14 defensive rebounds, Mm -hmm. two offensive rebounds, but 16 boards in this game. And it's starting to look like DeAndre Ayton is getting it, what his role is going to be. And the how he plays is going to be so much more important as opposed to what he does. He has such a, a more clearly defined role right now, and, and I just, I'll just i keep coming back to a version of this. I, for me, any sport, whatever the matchup is, I always try to look at it through the lens of, of which team has more ways they can win the game realistically, right? Yes. And, and we're at a point now where, yeah, the Suns could win in any game where KD just goes off, or they can win any game where Booker goes off, or if they both go off, good luck beating the Suns. But any game where, like, DA has 20 points... How are you going to beat the Suns? Because yeah. Booker and KD are going to combine for 60-plus just themselves. Any game where Ish Wainwright comes in and, and puts up 12 off the bench real quick, how are you going to beat that team? Now, I know Dallas almost did yesterday, but I'm just saying that you start to play the percentages. The Suns have so many different ways to win games, whereas it felt like, especially at their lowest point in the playoffs last year, they could only win uh, if Devin Booker put up a huge scoring night. And now that's... That's kind of out the window. It's easier, quote, easier for him to do that now with KD here. But it's also not the only way they can win games. That's yes. they've, they've completely flipped the entire formula 
for for how to beat the Suns certainly and and how they can win games. Here's uh, talk about KD and Kyrie. Here's uh, KD after the game about that matchup. No emotions at all. It's another game. Like I told somebody earlier, I played most most of my career. I played against Kyrie, so I, I, he was on my team for the last couple of years. But majority of my career, I played against him, so I know how I feel. Was he on KD's team? I feel like KD's almost <laughs> already played more games with Booker than he played with Kyrie. Yeah, uh, I I I buy that. That was probably more of a like friendly ish competition, right? Like you you play against your former teammate, another sure. player. Okay, Booker and Luca doesn't feel like it's friendly. <laughs> it's no, it like doesn't. get off my court yeah, and really vice versa. Does not. Do you have any other sound that you want to play? Well, there? Here sound I, of course is important in the business. I could play uh, Luca talking about what happened between him and Booker at the end of the game. <laughs> I I don't think he can say that in camera. You know. He was talking to you or he was talking to the ref? No, no, he was talking to me. Yeah, he said he was talking to the ref. Mm. I mean, based on the words, I don't think so, but it's fine. It's just a competitive game, man. It's, it's all good. Just next time, don't wait till it's three seconds left to talk. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, there we okay. go. Shots so there, fired. So there will be a next time. Yeah, apparently there will be. This is becoming one of the better rivalries in the association right now. It is, right? Guess what? The Phoenix Suns are right in the middle of that. Now, I realize there are bigger fish to fry that are out there, but in terms of being a superstar, Luka Doncic and Devin Booker, those two going at it, name a bigger rivalry that has happened uh, I'm, I'm sure. Trying, trying I'm sure. To think I, of one. There's got to be some that are out there. But you mean current, me, like top rivalries current, around right the NBA? Now, like yes. what would be the best playoff matchups? And then, like right now, when it comes to how good is a player, you're talking about two top eight players in the league who don't like each other. You know, don't. I, I maybe and I'll play here. Here's the clip from Booker too. I know he says at the end of this that he doesn't have a problem with him, but I I I feel like that's off the court. I don't think like they're they're sitting here hating each other on this Monday. But when they play each other, they don't really seem to like each other. I'm not here to tell, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uh, picked up what he said to you. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to the ref. He said something to me the first, I responded. And, you know, you guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly, friendly. There you go. We got, you know, we got, we got some smoke. Do you think that traces back to the playoffs last year? Yeah, I mean, it's just two competitors going at it. Um... Like I just said, you got everybody speaks on you know how friendly the NBA is now, and and don't like that. And you know I have no problem with Luca um, on or off the court, but you know when we're competing, we're competing. I mean, if you think how many twists this rivalry has taken just in the last few games, you had the Luca special. Remember, remember book. Remember he, he goes down, flops, looks at the camera, and, and smiles. The Luca special. Yes. You have the the picture that is constantly out there of of Luca staring, like trying to get in Booker's face and smiling. Yeah. And then you have yesterday. Maybe Booker uh, I, was, my just opinion is he was probably talking to the ref, but making sure he was saying what he wanted to say to Luca. Exactly. Just yes. being smart to make it look like it was directed at the ref. And that's, obviously Luca didn't like it, and Booker got right in his face and smiled. That's exactly what he did right there. But honestly, the way that Luka Doncic walked into Devin Booker, I'd be shocked if there's not some type of fine or suspension at his hand. It's seriously. Uh, how is that not a direct attack? I mean, how you, is that not? It looked like every drive down the floor where he walks right into the defender and doesn't get called for charging. Just it was right into his face, walked right into him. 
the book wasn't walking at him. No, but I just I love the fact that that game ended with the Suns looking like they got under Dallas' skin. Yeah, because it hadn't been that way the last five six meetings. Uh, all right, win lower level tickets to see Katie's first home game as a Sun. It's coming up Wednesday. Just text Katie to six twenty six twenty and enter for your chance to win lower level tickets to see the Suns host the Thunder this Wednesday. You'll get two Kevin Durant jerseys as well. So text Katie to six twenty six twenty. When we come back, there's just about one month left in the NBA's regular season. So when do we start getting some clarity in the Western Conference? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final segment of the show here on Wolf and Luke show on this Monday afternoon. I tell you, Wolf... If uh, if the last, I really like the last four weeks are any indication, the Suns are making this show a lot of fun, <laughs> at least for us. It's just great. It really is. It's great material and watching this team come together and watching them grow over the remainder of the games they have left. That, to me, is, I love it. There's nothing better. It's the process, Steve Nash, isn't it? It's the process and falling in love with the process. I can't wait to see how they come together as a cohesive unit. And we're seeing the early returns on this right now, and they're encouraging. Well, it just, you know, you have the unknown. You have the extreme upside. The Suns absolutely could win a title in the next three months. Absolutely could. And and if you honestly... If you if you had to put money on it, right? If you were sitting there and, and I said to you, okay, you can pick three teams. I get the other 27. You can pick three teams. Go ahead and pick them. The Suns would 100% be on your list, even if this show wasn't in Phoenix. Yeah. I think even on, well, maybe not in Dallas, because they don't seem to understand that Devin Booker's a good player in Dallas, but anywhere else in the, in the country, if you posed that question to somebody and they took emotion out of it, I think... The intelligent pick would be you'd have Milwaukee on your list, you'd have the Suns on your list, and I don't know who the third team is. Then it yeah. would it would go down to do Maybe you trust Denver? Denver? Do you trust the regular? Do you trust the Celtics who can't seem to beat the Knicks? That would be concerning to me. Do you just go with Golden State because they always make a run in the playoff? But I think the Suns and the Bucks are two of your three teams you'd have to feel most confident in starting now going forward. Yeah, no, you would. Um, but once again. That's the great thing about this. It's not about anybody else right now. It's about the Phoenix Suns. How good can you actually get? How good can they get before the start of the postseason? That's what I want to know. And that's why these games, I think, really, really matter. Because they know it more than anything else, Luke. You're going to tell me that Kevin Durant doesn't know this? Chris Paul doesn't know it? Monty Williams? Devin Booker? These guys don't know? That they have to become a cohesive unit offensively and, of course, defensively, more importantly, by the time the postseason begins, I think they know it. And that's why these games are important, every one of them, going forward. And it's why KD is not taking a 
day off. <laughs> yeah, at 40 minutes yesterday. When's here's the first. When's the back to back? It's you're the guy that's been it's, all over. It's the, the Milwaukee Golden State. Uh, I think it's the 14th and the 15th. Okay, it's the 14th and the 15th. Trying to see who the first. But don't you want him playing against Milwaukee and Golden State? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the um, 13th and 14th. It's a week from today and tomorrow. Yeah, no. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> we need a name. Yes, I do for next week. Because everything is happening next week. NFL free agency. We've been talking about this. March Madness starts. Like the actual okay. tournament starts. Yeah. You've got yeah. the back-to-back against Golden State and Milwaukee next week. Wow. Okay. I mean, it, it, the, the five yeah. days, there's really, it's like condensed into like four. Yeah. That's absurd. Selection Sunday. Yeah. And then... Mail's getting married to Josh, too. Isn't that that's, something? That's, that's the, weird. That's the end of the week right there. <laughs> that's just so weird. Every day next week has something. What up, Josh? Most of them have multiple things. Yeah, it is kind of weird right there, honestly. It is going to be a crazy week. Not this week, but next week is going to be nuts, right? This week feels crazy enough, but the Suns will be home this week. He'll get KD's first home game against Oklahoma City Wednesday and then Saturday against Sacramento in a game that's actually pretty meaningful in the standings. Because, Wolf, if you look at the NBA standings in the Western Conference in particular, Sacramento is still the three seed. I give them all the credit in the world. They're seven and a half back of uh, of first. So for the purpose of this, take Denver out of this conversation, okay? Okay. The number two seed is Memphis, and the number 13 seed is Portland. All of those teams are still in it. The Suns are kind of in a separate group right now. They're fourth they're two backs of Sacramento, and they're three back of Memphis, who's going in the wrong direction. Yo. So I would say up to second place is still certainly in play for the Suns. Then you've got Golden State in fifth, and the difference between them and Portland in 13th is three and a half games. <sighs> yeah, no, it's... Somebody me, good's going to miss the playoffs. Somebody good is going to miss the playoffs. You're, you're right about that. It's the reason why I continue to focus on the Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry, Luke. I I know that you can talk about other teams that are out there right now, but getting ready to go into the postseason, I, I, wins have got to happen for the Phoenix Suns. It's one of the reasons why I'm so encouraged by what I saw yesterday, even though that was a tight game. It was a tight game the whole way. That was no give me by any stretch of the imagination. It got dicey for a little bit. They it were got down. dicey. Yeah. You could have seen that going either way. Luka Doncic misses that last shot. That thing was halfway down. So it could have gone either way, but it didn't. <laughs> See? And that, that is the difference. That's what I'm talking about. The last few meetings never came down to a, it could go either way. It was we're yes. down by 30 in the and, second and it's quarter. it's not just the Mavericks. I believe this is going to repeat itself. It's one of the reasons why I said, what do you want to see going forward? Remember, we did this. We had the producer question last week. What do you want to see for the Phoenix Suns going forward? Well, wins. <laughs> wins over wins. Dallas specifically. Wins over Dallas is okay. Yes, much much appreciated, but wins in general because that tells me they are coming together and playing well, not just as as a unit offensively, but also defensively, and they're winning games because of it. That's important. Well, I don't think any any Suns fan looks at the team yesterday and is like, all right, that's that's as good as they're going to get. Like, this is step one yeah. for the Suns. They're no, going to get better. Yes. At least they, they should get better. I, I don't know 
if the way they played yesterday would win them the title. You know, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker played really well. Obviously, there's a lot to still be worked out, but if you can keep winning the games as you're working the stuff out, here's KD after the game. Uh, I'm talking through every play. I think that's the beauty of having a veteran team. Guys, um, you know, try to try to figure out the solution right there on the spot. They don't wait too long. Uh, if we're struggling, we're trying to figure out why we're struggling in the moment and then move on and make some adjustments. And So we're always in, in, in nonstop communication. Uh, and that just makes the game even more fun. Builds camaraderie as a team as well. Yeah, camaraderie as a team. It builds as well. And that... That is the greatest compliment right now to Kevin Durant I think you could give him. You've got one of the best players to play the game all time, and he has pretty much seamlessly played and found his rhythm with this team. That's a Can you imagine that? To come in and not dominate the ball when you're Kevin Durant. To come in and not dominate the amount of shots on the offensive end. It's... It's stunning how efficient he has been shooting 68% from the field. Now, it's only through three games, but still. It's it's what everybody said he'd be able to do. He's one of the most versatile, adaptable players in the league. But I'll I'll just go back to what he did in Golden State, because that's why everybody feels that way. Again, it's not like he was just on Golden State teams like people painted like Golden State had won a bunch of titles and then he came in and, and snuck in on the bench and won one of them with them. He won Finals MVP two of their three titles in Correct. that run. He, he came That's kind in of important, yeah. And then by the end of the season, he was winning them the biggest games of the year. All right, <laughs> that's it for us today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for doing everything behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.